Welcome to the Biblical Woman Podcast, a show where tough, real-world issues are tackled and addressed from a gospel perspective. You can expect answers to difficult questions about parenting, marriage, the Bible, and so much more. With weekly encouragement, you can seize the opportunities that God has placed in your life to share His love and truth with those around you. The episode you've selected is an older one from when we were the Simply Devoted podcast. We hope that you will enjoy this and that it will be a blessing and an encouragement to you. Now, let's dive in. Welcome to the Simply Devoted podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and today we're going to start with story time. So, once upon a time, there was this girl... And, you know, just for the sake of things, we're going to call her Cat. You know, not me. Maybe me. Okay, fine. It it was me. And, you know, throughout her life, she really wanted to find her future husband. You know, find that forever companion. And, you know, over her life, she made some really bad choices. She always picked the worst guys. You know, she would always... She was that friend that always had drama to talk about with, you know, her friends. Yeah. Yeah, I was always that friend. I was like, well, you should listen to this. This is what he did last night. Um, You won't believe what he just texted me. That was me. And I'm really appreciative of all my friends that put up with me (laughs) through the years on that one. But, you know, I made some really bad decisions when it came to guys and you know my heart was not always in the right place and finally after relationships and boyfriends that just did not work out I said you know what I'm done I just want to be single and I'm going to focus on my relationship with God and that's what I'm going to prioritize right now I did that for It honestly wasn't even that long. It was a couple weeks. And then um, Pokemon Go came out. Like, that was the big thing that, you know, all of the churches, you know, were doing after their service was everybody would go down to the flood wall because we have a historic district in our town. And everybody would go down to the flood wall and we'd all hang out, walk around, you know, catch the Pokemon and talk and get to know new people. And uh, I was doing that with my church group and I got talking to this guy that had been going there for years. I had seen him every Sunday. He was on stage. He was part of the worship team. Uh, He was a deacon. And you know, we started talking and we really hit it off. And that night after I went home, he texted me and he said, I would really like to go on a date with you. And so we went on a date and that was my very last first date. And I have been with my husband for four years now. And, you know, it's been... It's been wonderful. It's definitely been one of the best experiences of my life. It's been super challenging, but I am very, very grateful for the man that God has brought into my life. 
All right, store time's over. Let's get down to business. To defeat the Huns. Mulan was legitimately my favorite Disney princess growing up. Even though she wasn't technically a Disney princess, she was still my favorite. Anyway, these are uh, six points that I wish someone would have sat me down. Um, you know, when I was looking for a boyfriend, a potential spouse, that I wish someone would have been like, hey, you need these. You need to listen. And these are what you need to look for. And sorry, the clapping in the background. I'm a very animated talker with my hands. <laughs> so if you hear the clapping, that's what it is. I get very into, get, get into it. So these are just six points that are going to be very beneficial in your search to find a potential spouse. And you can think of them like a checklist. You know, I hear a lot of women giving younger women advice and um, there's a lot of bad dating advice out there. There really, really is. Um, and the worst one that I, uh, we just need to clear the air and this is not part of the checklist, but I feel like this is a great place for us to start. Because we all grew up watching Disney. We all, everybody has seen a Disney movie and usually the theme revolves around following your heart. That is not biblical at all. Please do not follow your heart. Romans tells us our heart is sinful. It is wicked. So please do not follow your heart ever. Even after you're saved, you are, you still sin. Um, so do not follow your heart. That is the worst advice. That is my don't for this checklist. But point number one, pray about it. Pray, pray, pray. You know, when I was a little girl, um, I had a Sunday school teacher and her name was Miss Joy. And she would always tell us, you know, pray for your future spouse, you know, pray for their health pray for their spiritual growth. And, you know, as a kid, I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. Um, and I didn't really realize it at the time, but that was helping me establish a healthy habit of praying for the man who is now my husband. So whether you have found your Prince Charming, or you think you have, or you're still looking for him, my first point is to pray about it, and specifically to pray for him. Point number two. All right, so this next point is a quote, and it's very overused, and I feel like I see it a lot on Facebook, of all places. Um, but there are really some important truths that it implies. So the quote is, is pick someone who loves Christ more than you. Okay, let's break this down and see what it actually means. 
Well, one, it requires that this person be a believer. You know, they cannot love Christ unless they are a believer. If you are a Christian, before you get married, the Bible commands that you marry a another Christian. And, you know, we see this in the Old Testament. Um, there's tons of warnings about marrying a non-believer. Genesis 34, 8 and 9. Deuteronomy 7, 3 and 4. Joshua 23, 12. And then we see the same thing reiterated in the New Testament, specifically in the writings of Paul. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 39. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. And, you know, these are warnings to us about, you know, making sure our future spouse is a believer. You know, our faith is the most important thing in our life. And if you and your future spouse are not on the same page with that, it will affect every aspect of your life and it will negatively impact that negatively. You know what I mean. Okay, moving on. The second sub point is that this person will encourage you to go deeper with Christ. If your future spouse loves Jesus more than you, they will encourage you to develop and prioritize your relationship with Christ. You know, your husband will lead and guide you as God has commanded him to do. You know, he will encourage you to read your Bible, to pray, you know, both as a couple and separately too. You know, he will prioritize his relationship with Christ and he will also prioritize your relationship with Christ. That's deep. I have deep thoughts sometimes. They're pretty deep sometimes. I'm proud of it. (laughs) Moving on. Point number three. Okay, now this is a point that I, I really wish someone would have told me when I was looking for my husband. But a question you have to ask yourself is, do they love their local church? And when I say this, I don't mean, you know, does he go to church? No, 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 no. What I mean is, you know, does he faithfully attend church and does he faithfully serve in his church? Because that will tell you a lot about his priorities and that will tell you a lot about where his heart is. You know, do you find that he often skips church services and he makes excuses as to why he can't go? Or do you see that he is there almost every single Sunday? He is serving in some form of ministry outlet. And, you know, even if he is super tired from the night before, he is still at church every single Sunday or, you know, Saturday, depending upon when you have your services. He is still there. You know, skipping is not an option for him. And, you know, this is crucial because, you know, if he is not a good bride to Christ, he's not going to make a good husband for you. And that is just mind-blowing. And I wish someone would have said, hey, 
go deeper than just asking if he goes to church. So point number three, do they love their local church? All right, so this next point is probably one of the most uncomfortable passages for pastors to preach on, and it's usually uncomfortable for people to listen to. And, you know, it's challenging for both men and women, but you can't address the roles of one gender and completely ignore the roles of the other one. And if you haven't guessed which passage I'm talking about, it's it's Ephesians 5. Because we all just love that passage, don't we? But it is crucial, and it's a great evaluation tool. And it's so uncomfortable for a lot of people because it is challenging. And that makes it point number four. Can you Ephesians 5 with this person? Like I said, it's a great evaluation tool for both Um, your potential future spouse and for you. And I would encourage you to pause this episode, go read Ephesians 5, and then come back because I have a couple of questions for you to consider um, after reading that passage. So questions to ask about yourself. Question number one, can I submit to his headship? You know, can I submit to his leadership? And question number two, am I willing to honor him? And submitting to his headship or his leadership, you know, and doing so with a gracious heart. Um, I know in my own marriage, my husband has made decisions for us. And it's like, okay, I disagree with you, but I will honor and respect your decision. And, you know, there's been times that he's been right, and there's been some times he's not been right. And it's important that in those moments when, you know, he was wrong and you were right, that you're not like, "Mm, I told you so, you should have listened. No, it's honoring him, being, you know, respectful, being gracious of that decision, and recognizing that he is human and he is trying to do his best to lead Um, you to lead your family. And there are three questions from Ephesians 5 that we can pull out to evaluate um, him. Question number one, can this man lead you spiritually? You know, are you confident in his abilities to lead your family? Um, Question number two, does he make it easy for you to submit to him? And with this question, okay, I got to break this down a little bit. Does he make it easy for you to submit to him? So I am a low-key feminist, um, and submit has always been a hard word. But one of the things that I absolutely love about my husband is that he does make it easy for me to respect him and to submit to his leadership. Um, You know, Ephesians 5 does not give men the right to be cruel dictators. Um, 
And that's why this question is there. In my own marriage, my husband will ask, well, how do you feel about this? What do you think we should do in this situation? You know, and then he takes consideration of your viewpoints, your feelings, the facts of the situation, and then we come together to make a decision that is best for our family. The last question to ask of him is, does he display the ability to love you sacrificially? And Ephesians 5 challenges men to love their wives the way that Christ loved the church. And Christ died for his church. And that's why that question is there. And Ephesians 5 is a great passage because, you know, the principles of marriage are meant to serve as a reflection of Christ and his church. Christ is just like the husband who is the authority within the relationship. However, you know, he loved his bride, his church, so much that he died to save her. And we as the church are like the wife, willing to submit and follow Christ's direction wherever he may lead us. And, you know, while these principles in Ephesians 5 are so hard to live by, When we live our lives in this manner, we are displaying a very beautiful, beautiful gospel picture. And when we think about marriage, you know, it's often, you know, we often picture those long white dresses, hours and hours of wedding planning. And we always think of, we're going to forever be happy with our spouse. And unfortunately, that's, that's called a dream. That is not reality. And, you know, marriage is a gift from God, but it, like I said, it'll be very difficult at times. And that's where Ephesians 5 comes in. Can you Ephesians 5 with this person? Point number five, do they forgive well? Okay, when you get married, you know, you are entering a partnership with this person and you two should strive together to serve God and you're both still sinners and you are both going to continue to make mistakes just because you get married you know it doesn't make you into a perfect person and you know it's challenging because you know this is a union between two Christians who still sin And, you know, you want to choose someone who is able to forgive others well, because you will make a mistake and you will need forgiveness. And, you know, forgiveness is vital to the walk of a Christian. And Christ forgave us for our transgressions, and therefore we must also forgive others. And if he can do that well, um... That's a great thing. That's a very great thing. And both you and him need to be able to forgive each other because, like I said, this marriage is a picture of the gospel. Point number six, and this is the final one, I promise. 
do they repent well? And this is kind of tied in with point number five. But, you know, marriage makes you a team with your spouse. And as I said, you're still going to make your mistakes. But a good spouse encourage you, encourages you to grow and develop with each other. And as uncomfortable as this may be, sometimes that means you need to lovingly, the keyword there, lovingly, point out sin, even though it's not what we want to hear. We don't like hearing it. Um, but a godly man will prioritize his relationship with Christ and, you know, desire to please him in every aspect of his life. And when he recognizes that, hey, I am not living you know, the way that a Christian should be, he will repent of his actions. And, you know, it might not happen instantaneously. It might take some time and it might take some conversations and working through together as a team, but he will repent. And this is important in a relationship because your guys' goal should be to serve Christ and to have a biblical marriage. And repentance is a key component in that. And there you have it. Those are my six easy and simple tips for choosing a spouse as a Christian. And like I said, I wish I would have had these in the back of my mind when I was looking for my husband. To recap what those are is one, pray about it. It is never ever too early to start this. And I would really encourage you to go ahead if you're not already married to start this. And then when you do get married, it will just be a habit by that point and your marriage will greatly benefit from that. Point number two, you know, does he really love Christ more than you? And point number three, does he love his local church? As we talked about, if he is not a good bride to Christ, he will not make a good spouse for you. And anybody can say they're a Christian. Anybody can walk into a church building. But you need to examine his attitudes. You need to examine his fruits and make that decision. And then question number four to ask is, can you Ephesians 5 with this person? And I think that is probably the hardest question to answer out of these six. But it's a really important one is, can you truly Ephesians 5 with this person? And then question five, do they forgive well? As we said before, you know, there are going to be times when you make mistakes because even after we get married, we're still sinners. And so their ability to forgive well is going to be very, very important in your marriage. And then question number six is, do they repent well? You know, just like you're still a sinner, they're still a sinner too. And, you know, you need to lovingly point out sin uh, when that happens, and that's one, never fun, um, but it's important, and their ability to repent well will be essential in your marriage as well.
Thank you for listening to Simply Devoted. Check out our other podcasts on doubt and eight tips for dealing with tantrums. Thank you and stay tuned.